chapter 9 verse number 6 and 7 says for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace and of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this let's pray Father thank you for your word today pray you speak to our hearts give us ears to hear what it is you have for us in Jesus name we pray Amen Hallelujah well you can be seated this morning and if you're just tuning in or just walked in I'll say it again good morning and we're glad that you're here with us today and I hope you've had a fantastic week I hope that um, you've been enjoying the holiday season the best way that you possibly could and to cherish those memories uh, with your family as you have them. As I told you last week, um, it's always a blessing to mend those fences and those relationships. The holidays give us an amazing time to be able to do that. Well, I hope that you can stick around for the baptisms at the end of service. It's amazing. I love when people do that. I remember when I followed the Lord in baptism and just extremely important monumental point in our lives. Um, We've started, and we're starting a brand new series entitled, um, His Name is Wonderful. You know, I really could stop right there, because when I I spoke with Darren this week, and I said, hey, there's a particular song I want to know if you can can throw this in the mix for me, and it's When I Speak Your Name, because here's the thing, when you look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 through 7, that very first part of verse 6, or last part rather, says, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Notice this, and it says, and his name will be called. Everybody say called. Let me tell you, there's power in his name, but there's power when you call his name. And uh, the scripture teaches us that there's power when we call upon the name of Jesus. And so we're going to be looking at the fact that his name indeed is wonderful. You know, Christ is the reason for Christmas. We talk about the trees, the lights, the presents, Santa Claus, all these things, and, and, and reindeer, and all of the commercialized things. And I have problems with none of it. But the truth is, is that Christmas is all about Jesus. And really, the word Christmas comes from an old English word, two words together. And if you're Catholic, you might get this because you understand the concept of Mass, where they celebrate the Eucharist in uh, the Catholic Church, the bread and the wine, and they say that 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 is Christ's present. Well, Mass simply means present, and Christ, you know, what that means, the Anointed One, Christ. And so Mass really means Christ is present. Which is what the prophet said when he said he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. If you happen to miss out on Wednesday night, we talked about how Jesus came to the earth, not just to come, but he came to be with us. In the middle of the mix, in the mess, in the mire, in all of the things that we go through, Jesus came so that he could be with his people. Why? Because for one reason and one reason alone, He came to reconcile his relationship with mankind. Sin had caused a disconnect. And God in his sovereignty and in his plan sent Jesus, born of a virgin, into Bethlehem's manger to become the sacrifice of the world. 
and Isaiah in, in all of his splendor and all of his glory as he's looking down the prophetic lens of time. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, he says, For unto us, speaking of something to come in the future, a child would be born and a son would be given and the government would be upon his shoulders. Can I tell you something? Even today, the world may look like it's falling apart, but really it's falling into place. It's not about the donkey or the elephant, my friend. It's about the Lamb of God. And the Bible said, we sing about it, kings and kingdoms, they all pass away. Why? Because the book of Revelation tells us that the kingdoms of this world are coming to nothing. And they are becoming the kingdoms of our God and His Christ. He truly is the King of kings. But yet Isaiah saw Him through the lens of prophecy. And here's what he said. His name would be called. And then Isaiah begins to give us descriptions. Now these are not his actual names. They're just descriptions of his name. He said his name shall be called Wonderful. How many of you know his name is Wonderful today? He shall be called Counselor. He shall be called Mighty God. He shall be called Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. And Isaiah begins to tell us about this name, which we know uh, later the angel comes to Mary and says, You shall have a son and you shall call His name Jesus. The question is today, what's in a name? You know, I don't know about you, but whenever you get the news that you're expecting, that your wife is expecting, that your kids are expecting, and the joyous moments of planning birth come, all of the things that go with it, but one of the greatest things, the icing on the cake, is the name. And many of us pick our names for various reasons. I know in my particular family, all of our males have the same middle name. My dad's generation, all of the males in his lineage had the same middle name. Uh, many of you here may be named after a grandmother or grandfather. Maybe you're named after your father, so you're a junior or a second or a third. Or maybe the name has some other significant uh, type of thing. But uh, what I want you to know is that when you're picking a name, names have significance. In the Hebrew culture, whenever they would go to pick a name, it would always be prophetic. And it would speak of the destiny of that child. And so there's several things that I can think of. But, but first of all, you know, when you think about the, the name Eve in Scripture, of course we know Adam had a wife named Eve. The, the, word, the name Eve means the mother of all living things. And we know that everyone came from Adam and Eve. Um, Abraham... Uh, means the father of many nations. And we know God changed Abram's name to Abraham before he ever had the first child. And so Abram walked around with his name changed and said, now my name is Abraham. And in Hebrew culture, people know that Abraham means father of many nations. And of course, they said, Abraham, how many kids do you have? And he said, none. But every time he opened his mouth, he was prophesying of his future. Because his name was prophetic in nature. Joshua means the Lord's salvation or the Lord's deliverance. And I could go on and on and on in the Scripture what the name Ebenezer means, what the name Judah means. I could go on and, and talk about what the name of Isaiah and Ezekiel mean. They all have significance. And the list goes on and on and on. But the question is, why is that significant today? Because the question 
that we have to ask ourselves is this, is what's in a name? You know, the prophet Isaiah was raised up by God to proclaim judgment upon the wickedness that was in the land. And so throughout prophecy, Isaiah gave glimmers of hope. And right in the middle of what Israel was going through, Isaiah prophesied the awaiting Messiah that would come, Israel's hope, her consolation, the one who would come and set all of the wrongs right and make everything perfect to redeem a people to himself. And Isaiah looks and he sees God's eternal plan of redemption to rescue us from the the judgment coming if indeed we would not call upon his name. And so we know that Isaiah chapter 9, he gives us some descriptive attributes of his name. Follow me this morning for just a moment to Isaiah chapter 7 verse 13. The Bible reads like this in verse 13 and 14. It says, Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign that behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel simply means God with us. And so with these descriptions, and while they're great, tell me what is his name? See, Emmanuel is even a descriptive name. It's only used three times in the Bible. Once in Isaiah 7, a second time in Isaiah 8, and a third time in Matthew chapter 1. And so, all throughout history, God used um, different names to describe His nature and character. Um, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, uh, our banner. They're, They're all different types of names that God used But the question, my friend, is what is his name? And Matthew 121 tells us what his name will be. It says, she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Folks, his name is Jesus. Can you say his name with me one time? Say Jesus. It truly is the sweetest name that we know. It truly is the sweetest name that we know. There's there's no other name like the name of Jesus. You go to you go to Latin America, you go to Mexico, you go to some other foreign countries, there are a lot of Jesuses. That seems to be a culturally popular name. But there's only one Jesus who was born in Bethlehem's manger. There's only one Jesus who was born through the lens of prophecy to come and live a sinless life. There's only one Jesus who died on a cross and three days later rose again. He's, he's the same God who walked on water and, and He healed the brokenhearted and He opened the blind eyes and He healed the deaf ears and He caused the lame to walk and the dumb to talk. It's, there's only one man that did that and His name was Jesus. And today we celebrate the power of that name. You know, my great-grandmother, she was really a special lady. And there's only a couple things that I remember that she gave me as a child. And those of you who are grandparents and great-grandparents, I want you to hear this because this is is coming from a 38-year-old you know, my generation, 
uh, depending on where you lump us in, uh, a lot of people say, you know, we're spoiled or, or whatever. And, but I want to tell you, my great-grandmother had to live with my grandmother for many years um, before she died, after, way after my grandfather had died, great-grandfather died. And she didn't have a lot of money. She, she didn't have a lot of money at all. In fact, um, she wore uh, sweatpants and sweatshirts, and she really didn't leave that much. She went to church with us as much as she could at the beginning, and then it was shortly after that she just wasn't able to leave a lot. But there are a couple things that she gave that I remember. And one year at Christmas time, she presented all of the great grandchildren with a quilt that she had made. And to most people, to be honest with you, it probably looked like just some ugly old little quilt. But I'm going to tell you what, that quilt had a lot of memories. That quilt was quilted with a lot of prayers. And that quilt, I still have it. It's folded up in a closet, sealed up in a bag. I don't even use it. But it's so impressive to me because she gave it to me. And I always remember that and I will always remember that. But there's one other thing that she gave me that I'll never forget. And it only cost about 99 cents, I know for sure. Our little town over from us had a Christian bookstore. And one of the in-aisle racks at that Christian bookstore had bookmarks. And had a real nice, pretty laminated bookmark with a tassel on the end of it. And you could find one that had your name. If your name wasn't, you know, something, you know, that wasn't common. But, you know, if you had common names, you could go through and you could find those. And, and on that, it did the best to have, it would have your name in calligraphy up the side of it. And then under it, it would give the meaning of your name. And then on the back side of it, there was a scripture from Proverbs. And here's what it said. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Why? Because you know what? There's integrity attached to your name. Your character is attached to your name. You know, uh, you, can, you can do all the things in the world you want to, but a handshake and a, and a yes I will is attached to your character and your character is attached to your name. And I begin to think about what Solomon said, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And I begin to wonder, what was so significant about the name of Jesus? What was so significant that that was the name that God chose? Because the, the, Jesus is a breakdown, a translation, a, if you will, of Yehoshua, which means the Lord's salvation. So literally, when he said, you shall call his name Jesus, his very name encapsulates the idea of salvation. We've been talking about being saved around here over the last few weeks. Saved by grace, saved from hell, saved to purpose. We've been talking about that. But today, I just want to hone in for a moment and talk about the significance of that wonderful name. Because there is such glory and such splendor in the name of Jesus. His name truly is wonderful. So if you'll allow me for a few moments, and pardon me in advance if I get a little excited, because this name means something to me. It's not a name that's common on my lips in an unholy way. It's not something that I've become too familiar with. It's a name that is precious to me. So allow me for a few moments to talk about what is wonderful about the name of Jesus. Can we do that together? So if you're in this room, 
you're taking notes, you got a scratch pad, you got a pencil, you got something you're typing on, go ahead and write this down. Number one, are you ready? Let's go here for a moment. Number one, his name brings salvation. That's why his name is wonderful. I want to read a scripture to you out of Isaiah chapter 4, verse number 12. The Bible says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. If you go on to read farther in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, and at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And every tongue will confess that God is Lord to the glory of God the Father, that Jesus Christ is Lord. His name brings salvation. Church, I'm glad today that there's still power in the name of Jesus. I'm glad that today in 2021, about to be 2022, I know that things have changed. Times have changed. Cars have changed. Houses have changed. Hairstyles have changed. But there's one thing that has not changed. It's the name of Jesus. And it still brings salvation. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about some new school salvation. I'm not talking about a salvation that won't change you. I'm not talking about a salvation that doesn't affect you. I'm talking about a salvation, my friend, that changes a man or a woman from the inside out. I'm talking about a salvation that Paul referred to in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things pass away and behold, all things become new. I'm talking about the kind of salvation that'll turn a Saul into a Paul. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the kind of salvation that'll take a, a a man named Peter who's a Christ denier that'll, that'll turn him into a Pentecostal preacher. I'm talking about the kind of salvation that'll take a drug addict and turn him into an evangelist. I'm talking about the type of salvation that'll cause an alcohol bottle to dry up. I'm talking about the kind of salvation that'll give you the wherewithal to put down the drugs and the things that are trying to fill the void in your life because you found what you have been searching for. I'm talking about the kind of salvation that brings change in a person's life. In Acts chapter 2, they asked Peter as he was preaching, they said, what must we do as they were convicted and cut to the heart? And Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter was trying to tell them that there's salvation in no other name. You know, I'm glad today that when I think about sin and I think about the struggle and I think about the things in my life that have separated me from God, it was Jesus and Jesus alone that brought restitution in my life. Friends, I'm telling you today that if you need salvation, it's only found in one name. It's found in the name of Jesus. I feel like I need to clarify something today. Salvation is not found in various organizational names. Come on, somebody. 
Somebody said, if I belong to the church of Christ, then I'm saved. Somebody said, well, if I'm a Baptist, I must be saved. Somebody said, if I belong to the assembly of God, I surely am saved. But let me tell you something, my friend. If you go in the rapture, all of your titles will fall off. If you go to hell, they all burn off. But the only thing that will remain is the name of Jesus Christ. The name that is above all names. Here's power to save and transform and deliver and set free. Come on, give glory to God in this place for his name it brings salvation hallelujah there's name the, the listen the programs can't bring salvation people say if i if i can just get through this 12-step program then maybe i'll be saved and and friends let me tell you something i believe in things like teen challenge and and i believe in 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 certain anonymous programs that help and give people practical steps to get their life right with god i'm not knocking any of that all i'm simply trying to say is that those things cannot bring salvation oftentimes we're trying to find uh, salvation in a 12-step when all you need to do is find it in a one step and that one step is making a step towards Jesus because he said if you draw near to me I will draw near to you why because when we make a run towards him he makes a run towards us friend I'm telling you God's not mad at you he's mad about you what you've done it doesn't matter if you get it under the blood of Christ he can wash away your sins as far as the east is from the west why you need this today why because his name brings salvation and you need salvation you need it today people say I don't need to be saved yes you do my friend you need to be saved from yourself you need to be saved from your ego you need to be saved from eternal damnation you need to be saved from ideologies that are hurtful to humanity you need to be saved to God and be delivered and set free his name brings salvation Listen, there's nobody, everybody say nobody, that'll ever be saved outside of the name of Jesus. You don't believe me? John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. Man, I'm telling you, salvation is powerful today. I remember when I got saved, my life changed. Man, I remember, uh, you know, I didn't say my life was perfect, but I did say my life changed. That my desires changed, my, my want-tos changed, my walk changed, my language changed, my taste changed, things changed. Notice again, I didn't say perfect, I said changed. Because when He changes you, something on the inside becomes different. Hallelujah. His name brings salvation. What else is special about that name? Well, folks, if you're taking notes, number two, you can write this down. His name brings healing. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 3, verse 6 through 8 reads like this. It says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And immediately, he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood up and walked and entered the temple with them, leaping and walking and praising God and astonishing all of the people. The second thing I want to tell you is this, that there is healing in the name of Jesus. 
Oh, I, I'm telling you, friend, the doctors, man, they practice medicine, don't they? I thank God for doctors. I've got a friend who's a Christian doctor. He's a surgeon, a vascular surgeon. He was our family doctor for years. But let me tell you, there's a reason why they call the doctor's office to practice. Amen. There's a reason why. Because if they can't figure it out, they'll try something else. Because it's science and they're ever learning and they're ever coming to the knowledge of the truth. And people are trying to figure out this and that. And well, if this one worked, well, let's try that. And I thank God for the mercy of doctors. And I thank God that, that doctors are able to put back together broken bones. And, and I'm thankful that they're able to do heart transplants and lung transplants and, and, and kidney transplants. And I'm thankful that if you lose blood, they can give you some blood. And, and now they're even doing cornea transplants and things of that nature. And I'm thankful for all of that. But let me tell you something, my dear friend, when medicine's limits reach their full capacity and they cannot do anything else, there's still a God in heaven. And my friend, he's not a last resort this morning. I'm telling you, there is healing in the name of Jesus because his name is the full package of salvation. Hallelujah. Jesus just not only took our sins upon the tree of Calvary, but the Bible says that every sickness he bore upon Calvary's cross so that by whose wombs we might be healed. Praise God. There's healing in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's powerful. I've watched it happen time and time again where people have been at their wit's end and they've been at the end of the rope and they didn't know what to do. A lot of times I've seen this really, I can't explain it, but it seems to be really easy or amazing, if you will, for this to happen with people who don't know God. They don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've seen it with indigenous people and, and unbelievers in America. Uh, it just seems like it's so easy for them to receive. And I, I think Jesus just wants to show them that I don't just want to heal you and save you for the afterlife, but I want to minister to you right now. It's interesting to me that in Acts chapter 3, what we see is there's a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And uh, people are being saved and baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues and being baptized in the waters. And, 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 and all of a sudden, in Acts chapter 3, the disciples are going to that faithful place of prayer. The Bible said as they did every day at the hour of prayer, they went to the place of prayer. Let me preach to somebody right now. You say, Pastor, why don't we have the miracles that we used to have? Because we don't have a faithful place of prayer. Come on, somebody. As they went to prayer, they were walking and there was a man sitting outside of the temple at the gate called Beautiful. He was in the right place. Everybody say the right place. He was in the right place, but nobody had the power to help him. Oh my goodness, I could preach something right there. But let me tell you something. One day, I don't know what happened or how many times they walked past this man before, but there was something that lined up on this day. And that moment, they looked at him and he's looking down with his cup begging, expecting to receive something from him. And the disciple said, silver and gold have I none, but such that I have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And the Bible said that they grabbed him up and spinned him around and his, he jumped up on his feet and his ankle bones began to crackle and pop like Rice Krispie treats. Glory to God. As the ligaments and the sinews began to connect back onto his flesh and bone began to 
regenerate and muscles begin to come alive and he began to leap and dance and jump and everybody the Bible said in Acts chapter 3 who had passed by him time and time and time again they said man is this the same man who healed this man and the disciples are recorded saying in the end of Acts chapter 3 don't get mad at us as if we healed this man it was the name of Jesus that healed this man because we don't have any power in our name Friends, let me tell you about my name. My name is B-R-A-D. And in myself, I don't have enough uh, power in my own name to blow fuzz off a pear or peanut. But let me tell you, when I use the name of Jesus, there's something about that name. And there's healing that happens when we exercise the authority of the name of Jesus. That's why he said his name is wonderful. Whoo! No wonder they don't want you to say that name in Congress. No wonder they don't want you to say it at the White House. I better stop before I say something stupid right here. Now I'm going to say it anyway. I at least missed when we had a president that said Merry Christmas. Now we got a holiday tree in the White House. Come on somebody. That's not the only thing we got there. Say amen. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, there is power in the name of Jesus. It brings salvation. The name of Jesus brings healing. Friends, I'm telling you, God's healing grace is exercised many ways. And I'm telling you, I, there's, there's, no, there's no shame in doctors and medicine. And I've, I've used them and you've used them and all of those things. But as Pentecostal people, full gospel people, people that are filled with the power of God and say we believe the Word, we must never forget, we must never back off of the tenet of our faith of divine healing and saying that Jesus Christ heals and it was provided for in the atoning work of Calvary. I'm telling you, you there's power when you call on His name. Hallelujah. He wants to bring healing. Scriptures recorded of time and time again where people exercise their faith and they receive strength at the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm remembering how there was a man by the street begging in the Gospel of Mark. His name was Blind Bartimaeus. The Bible, he was sitting there begging. And the Bible says he heard that Jesus was coming to town. And he said, Son of David, which is an honorable term, Son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says Jesus stopped and said, Bring the blind man to me. He cast off his loose upper garment and he said, What do you want? And Jesus gave him a blank check. What do you want, blind Bartimaeus? And he said, That I might receive my sight. Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Receive your sight. Why? Because there's power in His name. Uh, there's power in His name. Friends, I want to tell you something. Not only is there healing in the name of Jesus, but number three, His name brings deliverance. His name brings deliverance. And this is something we don't like to talk about today. But His name brings deliverance. In Acts chapter 16, look at this with me. Acts 16, verse 16 through 18. says, Now it happened as we went to prayer. Stop right there and don't run past that. I want you to notice how supernatural stuff always happens when you go to prayer. I'm telling you, get mad at me if you want to. The reason we don't have more supernaturals is because our prayer life 
corporately and individually is not where it needs to be. I'm just telling you. It's true. It's the Bible pattern. Now it happened as they went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. She was a psychic, a soothsayer, a fortune teller who was being, for a lack of better words, pimped out by somebody that was over her making money from her. She was, she was possessed with a spirit of divination met who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. And this girl followed Paul and us crying out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly vexed or annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and they came out. He came out that very hour. There are a couple things that I want you to see in this little passage in Acts chapter 16. First of all, not only was there supernatural things connected to prayer, but second of all, this girl was following them around, giving them free advertisement. When you read in the passage of Scripture, it doesn't look like a bad thing on the surface. You're like, Paul, man, why are you so uptight? But this woman, though she said the right thing, she said it with the wrong intention. And you know, you can say the right thing the wrong way. And this woman was not trying to give them advertisement because she believed in supporting their ministry. She was giving them advertisement so they could get arrested. And she was mocking them. This spirit was making a mockery of Paul. So you could say it like this. These are the men, the servants of the Most High God. Isn't it amazing the devil even knows to give God the proper honor? These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. No, isn't that really interesting? The man at Gadara in Mark chapter 5, uh, whenever Jesus crossed over the other side of Gadara, they ran and the Bible says they threw themselves at his feet and they worshipped him. That's a devil, y'all. Thousands of them. It's amazing that even hell recognizes they have no authority when it comes to Jesus. But it's us who needs to recognize our authority. Amen. They followed him around. These are the men, the servants of the Most High God. And this she did for many days. I've often asked myself the question, why did Paul wait a few days? Maybe, maybe, you know, when you read Paul's letters, Paul actually read and wrote some really strong things. But then, Paul talks about, you know, when he got there in person. I don't think Paul was an ultra-confrontational person. I really don't. I don't think that was his heart. But he knew that when he had to deal with stuff, he had to deal with stuff. And so, I want you to understand this, that he had his feel of it. And all of a sudden, after many days, Paul greatly annoyed. He turned and he said to the Spirit... I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Now I'm going to stop here and preach a few things for a moment because there's some insight and revelation in these couple of, cha- these couple of verses in this, this chapter of Acts that I think will help somebody. First of all, number one, if you're taking notes, this is extra. It's not in my notes, but here you go. First of all, no deliverance happened until Paul got annoyed. The reason why there's no deliverance in some of your lives and some of your houses and some of your marriage is because you're not tired of putting up with it yet. 
Come on, somebody. That's good preaching for a young guy like me. You can't cast out what you tolerate. Hallelujah. Paul got annoyed with it. He said, man, I'm tired of this. And he turned and with his little bony finger stuck his face, finger in the face of the little girl and said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come out right now. And the Spirit loosed that woman in, in that self-same hour. And all of a sudden, her ability to read fortunes and read minds and those types of things were lost from her. And she goes back and her master says, well, how much money did you make today, baby? Well, I was having a pretty good morning until this guy named Paul came through and he used the name of Jesus and the Spirit was cast out of me and I lost my ability to soothsay. The name of Jesus, you say? Arrest them. And so now, because the message of the cross and the gospel of Jesus Christ arrested and messed up society, now they begin to get arrested and thrown into prison. Why? Because the name of Jesus brings deliverance. Listen, the name of Jesus doesn't only bring deliverance when it comes to the excising of demons, but the name of Jesus also brought deliverance to Paul in the prison cell. Because the Bible says... That when they caught them, they put them in bonds and stocks and on their hands and in their feet. They locked them in a dark prison. And the Bible says that Paul and Silas in a dark place, I'm getting ready to close, said they were all alone. So they thought. And the guards who had captured them were standing by watching. And the Bible says that about midnight, he got tired of it. And so they started to sing. And as they began to sing, the kids are coming in, guys, don't worry about them. The Bible says, as they began to sing praises at midnight, and they began to lift up the name of Jesus, the Bible says, the prison doors began to shake. And as those prison doors began to shake, here's what happened. Their chains were loosed. And not only their chains, but those all around them. Why? Because the name of Jesus brings deliverance. I'm wondering this morning, is there anybody in this house as tired of putting up with the demons that you've been wrestling with all of your life? I'm wondering if there's anybody here today that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. You've exhausted all of your options and you got to the end of your rope and now today you are ready to be free. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what you need in this house today. If you need salvation, salvation is available. If you need healing, healing is available. If you need deliverance, deliverance is available. Why? Because His name is wonderful. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Baptismal candidates, as we stand, let's all stand together. Baptismal candidates, you can be dismissed and go to your place. Please, nobody leaving that doesn't need to leave. Let's reverence the moment. Today, if you need an encounter with God, He's here.
Every head bowed and no eyes looking around this morning. If you're here today or you're watching and you need to be saved, then I'm asking you right now, give your life to Christ. You do not know, friend, listen to me. You do not know if you'll have another opportunity. How foolish of us and how proud of us to think that God owes us another chance when He's given us chance after chance. And yes, He's merciful. And yes, He's gracious. But we just don't know when it's our time. Or if our life should be taken out prematurely by somebody else's actions. Friends, let me tell you, that's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You've got to know. So if you're here and you don't know that you're saved, in just a moment, I'm going to invite some prayer counselors to come. And people are going to pray with you and and believe God with you and, and give you an opportunity to get that right. But don't you miss your moment. Number two, if you're here today and you need healing, if you have illness in your body and the doctors have given up on you and there's no hope for you, Or if you're tired of dragging it around and you want the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus offered on your behalf, then friends, we'll pray for you and with you. And number three, if you're here, you say, Pastor, I need deliverance. I need a deliverance from addictions. Maybe there's somebody here, you're struggling with alcohol, struggling with tobacco, marijuana, pornography. Maybe you're struggling with something, some disorder, some demon thing that's trying to latch itself on to you. Friend, I'm telling you right now, there are people in this room who will believe God with you. And as I said, as I opened this service today, my prayer was that not one person would leave the same way that they came in Jesus' name. So every head bowed, every eye closed. Prayer team, I'm going to invite you to.